Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Amen. You can you can take your seat. I praise God this morning. First of all, I want to thank God for another year of life on behalf of my daughter. She turns five today. Crazy how, how time flies. It really is. And uh, man, God has just been so good this, this year, right? In 2020, God has been good. Has God been good to, to you this morning? Amen. God has been doing some things. God has done great things in this, in this ministry during, during the, one of the, 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 the most trying seasons uh, in, in a very long time. And I shared, I shared this with you guys last week, but, um, you know, God has been pouring into, to our ministry and, and, and earlier this year we were able to, uh, you know, do this and do the stage and add new flooring up here. And obviously it still looks, doesn't look great when you, when you step right here, right? Right. It's like anointing right here. Not, not anointing. I'm just kidding. There's a spirit of God is all over this place, but um, God is, God has been good. And last year we presented the vision that, you know, what we wanted to do with, with, with this, with this church and we wanted to update it. And, and, uh, you know, so praise God we, before this year ends is what we're, what we're aiming for. We are going to, um, get rid of these benches. Uh, we, we already have some, some chairs that we're going to be filling up here so you can put in some new carpet in here. Um, there, there's some things that I still want to do to the to the stage to just really, just really make, when, when people come in here, they're like, wow, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, uh, I just, I praise God for, for him allowing us to be able to, to do that and what he's doing in these ministries. And man, God, there's so many, so much reason to praise God for. And maybe you're like, man, pastor, um, you know, God hasn't, God hasn't come through for me. Like he's come through for the church. God, God hasn't done for me this year what he's done for, for, for some other people, for some other people that I, that I look, look at on, on social media. God's been good to them. God, he hasn't really done that for me. And, and maybe, maybe there's something in your life that, man, you're really trying to keep on going. You're trying to, you know, continue with the faith. Uh, but, but it's hard because maybe you're going through a season that is really, really like 2020. And can I just tell you, man, to keep going? Just, just keep going, keep going because God has something on the other side. He really does. And that's, that's the message that I want to share with you this morning. If you turn with me to the book of first Samuel chapter one, and we're going to, we're going to read a little bit. hope that's okay. First Samuel one, three through 20. This, this passage is speaking about Hannah. Hannah is the wife of uh, Elkanah, and uh, they. Th- this is a family that seems to be very devout, very, uh, very committed to their faith. Uh, they make it their custom year after year to go into the city to make atonement for their sins and, and worship and and pray in the temple. I'm sure you know the story, but I do want to read. Uh, I want to read the story this morning. And if you don't have it, it it's up here. Um, again, uh, you know, try to. Try not to lose focus because it, we're going we're gonna to read a little bit this morning. But 1 Samuel 1, 3 through 20. 
and just listen to this story. It says, now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. And on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. You can still get favor in the midst of, of God shutting doors. Amen. And, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used, uh, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Eli the priest was sitting on, on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she was deeply distressed. And she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow. And said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. Verse 12 says, As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth, and Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah said, no, my Lord, I am am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along, I've been speaking out my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and they worshiped before the Lord. And they went back to their house at Ramah and Elkanah knew his wife. And the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called him Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I come before you thanking you, my God, for this word that you've spoken to me, Father God. I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit may deliver it this morning, Father God, to your people, Lord, that we may receive, my God, and and bear the fruit of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the the message this morning, uh, I wanted to kind of serve as a part two of last week's message. If you haven't heard Last week's, I encourage you, we have a podcast, you can, you can go to it, the NUMA podcast, and you can listen to it. It was called Unseen. We talked about faith. Uh, we talked about what faith is. We talked about what faith is not. We talked about the placement of faith and, and how just because you have some faith doesn't mean that it's effective faith. You can have some faith and it not be effective because you're putting it in the wrong things. You're putting your faith in your situation. You're putting your faith in the outcome that you've been praying for. You're not putting your faith in God and God alone. And that's what matters when we have faith. You have to have, even if it's just a little bit of faith, if it's in the right place, God says, Jesus says, you can move mountains. You can tell mountains to move and they will move. And this morning, I want to continue that discussion uh, because, as I said last week, you know, faith is the single most a- uh, important aspect of our Christian walk. Uh, 
Without it, it is impossible to please God. That's what Hebrew says. I would even say that, that without faith, it's impossible to get through certain circumstances because you're not going to get all the way. You're going you're gonna to quit. You're going to turn back. You're going to give up. And so today I want to I wanna talk about how we build faith. How do we build faith? I'm not going to lie. This, this was a message that was partly inspired by our, our men's uh, Wednesday class. Pastor Brandon gave a, a great class this past Wednesday. And I wanted to kind of pick up a little bit on, on a point that, that he had made. If you grew up in church, raise your hand if you grew up in church. All right. If you grew up in church, chances are you were often told or you often heard the phrase, just have faith. Just have faith. In the waiting period, just have faith. In the sickness, just have faith, brother. Just have faith. In the uncertainty, just have faith. Got to have faith. You got to believe. And if you didn't have faith, which you probably wouldn't want to admit, you were interrogated. You'd be asked, is everything okay? Are you still saved? Do we need to, do we need to call the elders of the church and pray? Because you don't have you don't have faith. And, and, and maybe your lack of faith maybe even made you feel like an inferior Christian. Because you're always just told, just have faith. But has anyone ever told you how to have faith? We're told to have it, but I don't re- really remember getting a lesson on how to have it. How can I just have something that I've, I've never known how to use before? How can you just have something that you've never experienced, that you've never built up? Just have it. Just have it. You just got to have it. <laughs> and church, this does a, a, a disservice to, to new believers, to new Christians, because, you know, when we tell them to have something that they've never had in their lives and their, and their minds are going, well, you know, well, where do I get this faith? How do, I, how, do I, how do I get it? Once I have it, how do I use it? What do I do with it? I'm told to have it, but I'm not exactly sure how to use this thing and how to build it. I, I remember when I first started playing the piano. And can I just say, man, growing up with like old school Pentecostals is one of the scariest things for a new piano player. <laughs> because they, they, will, they will hunt you down after service and be like, hey, hey, sabes este corito? Right? And they, they start singing it and they're like, hey, you gotta, you gotta, they, they, they dra- I remember some, some hermanas would drag, we used to have a big grand piano here. They would drag me after service and they're like, sit down, we're gonna, you're gonna learn this song. I'm like, I've never heard this song in my life, sister, you know? And, and it, it, it's a scary thing because, you know, anyone who knows how to sing or, or, or even thinks they know how to sing, they will use you and abuse you as, as a, as a piano player, man. I cannot, tell you how many songs that I've played where I had never heard the song before, much less played the song. But because, you know, some hermana wanted to come up and do a special song, you know, I had to be there occasionally getting one note right, you know, and uh, experience, uh, experimenting with different things. I remember the, the first youth rally that I was a, that I played at. Back in the day, we had these youth rallies. They're really big. All these youth groups around Houston that would gather in one church and, you know, there'd be hundreds of young, young people. And uh, we hosted one one year at our church. And I was like 13 years old. And it was my first youth rally. I was, I was playing in front of, like, I mean, I mean, we, all of this was filled. All of the upstairs was filled. We had to bring more seats in. I mean, there was probably five, six hundred people. And, and, uh, 
And I was nervous, you know, because I'm when, when you make it when, when you make it to a youth rally, like and you're a young musician, like that's like playing at the MSG, you know, you know, Madison Square Garden. You have arrived, right? And I was playing. It was my first time. I remember my, my cousin Bobby was on the guitar, and uh, man, we were we were excited to to get this opportunity. Um, well, during that 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 service, there was this this older lady. She came up onto the stage and. I don't, I don't know who invited her. Like literally, I don't, I don't even know if she was supposed to be on the stage at, at that moment, but we played a song. And after that, she just walked on up and, and, uh, she had this, uh, she had this gospel like voice and, you know, you can kind of hear the, uh, the vibrato, right. When she, she would start speaking very slowly and, you know, using some dynamics with certain words and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and she she was saying like these like fire you know one liners that preachers like to use right and it gets it gets everybody crazy and I remember all the young people man they were just screaming and and, and the drummer was like playing like ta 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 and we were holding out notes dun 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 you know we were just we we're building it right and then I remember during all of that you know she's she's going crazy all you know the, the young people are, are exploding in this place and you know my cousin my cousin and I. We're like, man, we're, man, look at this. Look at us. Look at what God has done. And, and then she turns around, and I'm right here. And she says, hey, do, do you know this, this song? And she starts singing the song. And it's like a very old, you know, old hymnal. And I'm like, sister, that sounds like something King David wrote. Like, I'm 13 years old. No, I don't know that song. And, and uh, she, uh, you know, she, I, I, I look to Bobby. I'm like, do you know that song? I'm like, I've never heard this song in my life. And, and uh, so we tell her no. We don't, I'm sorry, sister, we don't know the song. And what she said to us next almost made me never want to play at church again because I was like, if this is going to be a normal thing, you know, I don't know if I want any part of it. And so she asked us, do, do, do you know the song? We say, no, I'm sorry. And then you know what she says? She says, just play it. And then she starts to sing. Just play it. And then she starts to sing. And I'm like, Play what? <laughs> you didn't even give me a. You didn't even give me a note. I don't even know what, what I'm doing here. And she just, just play it. Just play it. Just, just do it. You can't do something that you don't know how to do. You can't have something that you've never had before, and you don't know how to obtain it. And that's what happens when we tell other people just, just have faith, but they've never had faith before. We set them up for failure. We're not helping them. We're telling them to do something that, yes, they need to, to do and they need to have, but we, we didn't tell them how to have it. And we're setting them up for failure. Paul tells us in Romans, Romans chapter 5, he gives us some insight on, on how we produce faith. It's, it's, it's chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. He says, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then James echoes this. In, in, in James 1, uh, 2 through 4, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing, someone say testing, testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And, and verse 4 says, And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. So what this tells us, and this is the title of my sermon. I know it took me a little while to, to reveal it. But what I, from what I gather in Scripture is that if we can compare faith to anything, it would be a muscle. Faith is a muscle. F- muscles need to be developed. 
Now, if you think if you think about babies, babies aren't born with fully developed muscles, right? Heads are going everywhere, you know. <laughs> gotta gotta support them. And I had a really bad habit of not holding my baby's heads, and they're just you know like. <laughs> they were just going to open up, you know, like those little dispensers of candy. And, uh, and you know, they, they, they can't sit up. They can't, they can't walk. They, they can't even roll over. They have no strength. And it's a beautiful thing when you watch them day after day, week after week, develop strength. Babies have these little things called leaps. And if you're, if you're a dad, you know, you know about the leaps. They're a scary thing. Um, Melissa has this app that, that, uh, tells us when, you know, the baby's entering a new leap and what to expect. And usually it's, you know, it's brought with crying and long nights and fussiness, all the terrible things. But when they go through it, there's often a sign of, of, of growth accompanied with it, right? They, they reach a new milestone and, and sometimes it's a smile Sometimes it's certain sounds that they're able to make, you know, um, they, they, they reach new levels essentially. And so you, you have to go through that, that, that week of just, oh, it's a long night. I just want to go to sleep. And, and why are you crying? And, and, but, but when they get to the other side, you see something new that you hadn't seen before. And it's like, oh, my little baby. And it's so cute because, I, man, I love my, I love my little baby. And, but that's how muscles grow. What has to happen? What has to happen for your muscles to grow? They have to rip. They have to rip. They have to tear. When you go to the gym and and you're sore the next day, it's because your muscles have to tear. They have to tear as they grow so that they can make room for your newer, bigger, and better muscles. And it's during the, the tearing process that nobody likes. You're sore. You're hurting, you're tired, you're fatigued, you can barely walk if you just did legs, right? And so if faith is like a muscle, that means that it's during the tearing process of your faith that you have to get through in order for you to achieve your newer, bigger, better faith. You have to go through the tearing process of your faith. That's why, that's why Paul says, rejoice when you're suffering, that's counterintuitive, man. No one rejoices when they suffer. They cry when they suffer. They weep when they suffer. They cry out to God when they suffer. They, they, they stop coming to church when they suffer. They, 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 they go into a safe space alone because they don't want anyone to see what they're going through when they suffer. Who rejoices when you suffer? James says the same thing. He says, count it all joy. What, what were these apostles? What was so different about these apostles, man? That they were able to have joy when they went through all these trials of various kinds. It's because they knew that it's the tearing process. It's, it's, it's the tearing stage that comes right before the growth of your faith. It's an opportunity. That's what they saw. They saw adversity as an opportunity to be made stronger. So church, when you see someone that's going through something... And you, you don't know what to say. Don't tell them just, just have faith. Rather, encourage them to keep going. Keep going. Because if you keep going, then you will see greater faith. Then you will see the outcome of your perseverance. Then, once you go through it, then. Someone say then. Then you will know that God was truly on your side when you weren't sure that he was. 
There's a before and there's an after. And you have to go through it. And the reason that I wanted to use Hannah for this story is uh, because, number one, I think her story is very practical. I think it's something that we can, we can relate to. This is, this is something that, that women struggle, couples struggle with, you know, not being able to bear children. And this is a woman who's devoted to God. And uh, she's, in this passage, we see her praying. You know, she's going to pray. She's going to worship. She's going to continue her devotion unto God regardless of the outcome of her situation because her faith isn't in the outcome. It's in her faith. So we talked about last week. It's placed right. But just because, and can, can, I, can I tell you something this morning, church? Because I know that we have some, some many women of God, and, and, and there's times where you just want to be strong. Just because you have faith that's placed in God doesn't mean that you can't cry about what you're going through. And so in this passage, we see Hannah very devoted to God. She's in the temple. She's worshiping God. She's praying to God. She's pouring out her soul to God, but, but she's weeping. She's hurting. She's in pain. Just because you have faith in God doesn't mean that you're exempt from those things. And it doesn't mean that you're exempt from feeling those things. Don't suppress the emotions that, that God created you with, man. Someone passed away a few years ago, I, I remember. And, you know, obviously everybody was, was, was sad. Uh, the person who passed away, they were a believer. So, you know, they are now in the presence of God. But I had someone ask me uh, why everyone was so sad. Um, and this, this, was a, this was a legit question <laughs> uh, you know, it was from a grown person. And, and, and she said, why is everybody crying? You know, don't they know that this person is now in heaven? And I said, sister, you can show sadness even when you live in the joy of the Lord. Emotions are a part of our being, right? That's, what, how, that's how God created us. We should, not be, we should not be led by our emotions. We know that. It's Numa Church. Move, led, and empowered by the Spirit. But we should allow ourselves to feel emotions. Emotions tell us things. And so you're going to feel those emotions, church. You, they're meant to be felt. A tragic situ situation is going to be met with sadness, just like an angering situation might be met with, with anger. And, and so Hannah's discomfort and anxiety, it didn't mean that she didn't love God. It didn't mean that she didn't have faith in God. It just meant that she was experiencing a saddened emotion as a result of what she was going through. The Bible says that she was distressed. The Bible says that she was anxious. She probably thought that she wasn't good enough when comparing herself to, to uh, uh, Paniah, the, the counterpart of, 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 uh, of her. And, and uh, she had many children. And, and all Hannah wanted was one. I just want one. She was constantly being reminded by her rival. The scripture calls, calls, calls Paniah her rival because she continued to remind her of her inadequacies. That's a, whole, that's a whole nother sermon. But she was a normal person. She was a normal person with a normal desire. And it nearly depressed her because she could not have children. And, and she'd weep before God. She was in the temple as she prayed. She knew that God was still God, but she was going through her emotions. So that was, a, that, that was the first reason that I wanted to use her story because I think it's relatable. I think she's a very 
normal person. And the second one is because when I read this story, I realized that, that her message, her story isn't even about faith. My message is about faith. So you might be saying, well, if your message is about faith, why don't you use <laughs> scripture that talks about faith? Um, but, but Hannah, she's never really commended for her faith. She doesn't go down as a hero of faith in Hebrews. I don't even think that the passage even mentions her faith. So why am I using her as an example? Because what, Han- what Hannah had was the thing that I guarantee produced more faith in her when God came through for her. What she had was the medium by which her faith was made stronger. And that thing was perseverance. Perseverance. Hannah portrayed, she's portrayed as, as a saddened, disheartened woman with a deep, unanswered desire. That, that's, how, that's how the story presents her. She's, she's sad. She's a sad mother. And maybe, maybe you say, well, that's, that's me this morning. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, just, I'm disheartened. I'm going through something. You've got, you're, you're going through trials. Maybe you're confused this morning. There's so many directions that you can take. You're not sure what to do. Maybe you're angry this morning. Maybe you have a deep desire that you're not sure is ever going to be answered. You're in the waiting period. Maybe you're anxious for something. You just want everything to be okay. And you don't know what to expect, so you're like, man, God, please just let everything, please let everything work out. Let everything be okay. And, and you keep hearing people say, just have faith. Just have faith. But what if it's been a while since your faith has been built? Hannah's, Hannah's story isn't about her faith. It's about her, her perseverance through her situation. Someone say through. She continued to pray. Through her situation, she continued to be devoted. Through her pain. She continued to worship. She continued to pour out her soul. The, the, the passage says that, that she, was, she was anxious, she was saddened, she was weeping, but she went through all of that without ever leaving the Lord's side. She stayed faithful. She continued through it. She went through it. Some of us have not gone all the way. Some of us have not gone all the way to see what God would have done. And maybe you ask yourself sometimes, man, what, what would have happened if I would have just kept going? If I didn't call it quits too early? You have to continue through it, church. That's, that's how faith is built. You have to go through the tearing process. I know it's painful, but no pain, no gain. That's what they say. And many times we, we stop midway. We're going through the desert. We're going through the journey, and we stop midway because we don't we don't think we can make it out to the other side and so other times we just turn back to what was easier to what was safer to what was more familiar but if your faith never actually goes through those things if it never goes through the fire you're never gonna you're never gonna be refined you'll you'll always just have the same faith you're always gonna be using the same faith i don't want to be stuck at the same the same level of faith. I don't want to be stuck at the same level. You know, I I want to be confident that my perseverance can get me through the ugly so that when I get through it, my faith is made stronger. and, And I know that it can because I have seen throughout the years, my faith grow. The faith that I had 10 years ago cannot get me through some of the things that I had to go through recently. 
But I had to go through those things so that I can get to this point. You can't go through today, today's circumstances, church, with yesterday's faith. You can't do it. You can't do it. But the key ingredient, the key ingredient to the building of your faith is perseverance. I don't, I don't even want faith to be the word that you walk away with today. I want, the, I want the word that you walk away with today to be perseverance. Perseverance. Because you want to build that faith muscle, the way that you do it is with perseverance. Going through it. Going through the tearing process. Not saying, oh man, this, this was terrible. I'm, I, I ain't going to the gym ever again. My wife is here and uh, <laughs> and uh, she she started you know she started doing like these cycling classes and and uh, you know when, when you when you go to like the gym when you work out for the first time in a long time man you get like it nearly kills you like you have to you have to it's like a week long two weeks where you're just sore and you have to make a decision right then and there am I going to keep doing this or I, or am I or am I going to stop and my wife she's you know she's she's a trooper she's 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 doing it. But, but you have to make that decision. Do I want to experience this again? Because if I do, it's going to hurt again. But on the other side of that hurt, I'm going to get stronger. And next time, I'm going to be able to handle more. Amen? So the key word here is perseverance. If you don't go through it, your faith won't grow. And you will never know what God had for you had you just kept going what would it have done for your faith had you just kept praying through the hopeless if you just kept going to God day after day even though I'm going through this I'm I'm gonna gonna persevere I'm not not gonna stop talking to God I'm gonna keep going what would it have done for your faith had you kept coming to church even when you were in pain and you didn't want anyone to ask how you were doing so you stepped away. What would have happened if you had just kept coming? Have you uh, had continued to be faithful to God? What would have happened to your faith had you just gone all the way? You may never know. And I want to know because I'm curious. I'm a curious person. And I want to know what God has in store for me through the ugly, through the storm, even though I can't see it right now, I'm like, man, God, you must be doing something. There must be a beautiful rainbow on the other side. There must be, there must be some sunshine outside of this darkness. There's God, and I just got to keep going so that I can finally see it. But if I don't keep going, if I stop, I'm always going to be in the same space. Same space, and I don't want to be stuck. My God wants to take me from glory to glory to glory to glory. And if that's what he wants to do, I have to be willing to keep going, keep going, keep going. But don't stop. Let me tell you what happens, church, when you make it all the way. When you make it all the way to the other side of your desert, of your journey, of your circumstance, of whatever it is, you're able to turn around. When you make it to the end, you're able to turn around and you're able to say, look at what my God did. How many here can, have, can, can say that they've said that before? Look at what God did. When I didn't think he was working, when I didn't see it, look at, look at what he did. And now you get to see and take from the fruit. 
Not only that, but now you have, you have new faith. You got some stronger muscles because you made it through. Because look, when you, when you can look back at your life and you can say, look at what God did there. That adds so much more assurance for you to say, look what God will do. Look what God can do. He did it back there. He did it back there. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. The perseverance through the pain the first time builds that faith muscle to be stronger the next time. So you've got to go through it once so that you can get through it a second time. You with me this morning, church? I want, you, I, want you, I want you to sing something with me this morning real quick. I know y'all know this. I've seen you move. Come on. You move the mountains and I believe. Come on. I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way and I believe. Come on, what? I see you do You know why that song is so powerful to Christians? I'll speak personally. You know why it's so powerful to me? It's powerful to me because I've actually experienced the lyrics. When you can sing a song that you've actually experienced the lyrics to, oh, man, that just breaks you down. When I get to that bridge, I get crunk, man. I get crunk because I have seen God do those things. I have been in moments where I needed a mountain to be moved, and it was moved. I've been in moments where there needed to be a a, a way made for me because there was none, and God did it. And so because I've been through it, and I've seen it before, my faith is all the more confident that he's going to do it again the next time. Come on. So that's what happens when you get to the other side. But let me talk real quick. Let me just talk to you this morning. Maybe you've never seen it before. You've never gotten there before. You've never made it to the other side because you've never gone through it. Maybe anytime you go through tough periods in your life, you stop coming to church. You come to church when everything is good and when God has been faithful and when there's money in the bank and, and you get to go out to eat after church because you got a little bit of money and everything is good. And you come and you come to church, but, but then something happens in your life that is meant to test your faith and you stop. You don't make it through. You stop coming. To, you stop spending time with God. You stop talking to him. And it's only until everything gets better that you actually come back and And so because you haven't been through it, you haven't seen what God can do on the other side. And because you haven't seen it, you can't say that with confidence that he'll do it again. Hence, the ineffectiveness of the phrase, just have faith. How can I have faith when I haven't seen God do it before? But how can you see God do something when you don't have the perseverance to make it through to see him do it? You haven't built the faith muscle. And so this is what I I want you to do this morning. I'm not going to tell you to have faith. I'm going to tell you just to get through it. Just get through it. That might seem even more harsh to you, especially if you're going through something right now. Just get through it. Don't stop. Get over it. 
And you tell that to your wife sometimes. <laughs> Just get through it. Get over it. But seriously, this morning, if you're going through something, get through it. Persevere. Persevere. Don't stop coming to church. Don't, don't, stop, don't stop singing when it hurts to sing. Don't stop worshiping God. Don't give up midway. Don't, don't turn around. Go through it. Just go all the way. Go through it. And you may be looking in front of you, and what you see is even more of mountains, more, more roadblocks. But you, when you get through it, you're going to get to the other side, and you're going to say, man, look at God. Look at what you did. Look at what you did, and that faith muscle will have grown, and it's going to give you the ability to get through it the next time you go through something. And that's how faith is built, and that's how our walk with with Christ gets more refined. Once you have gone through it, and you've been faithful to God, through that tearing process, through that tearing process, I'm going to have the worship team come up. Through that tearing process, you, you stayed faithful to God, like Hannah And her tearing process, when she was going through something that she didn't understand, when she was going through something that really, it it, it took everything in her not to weep, she she kept going to God. She kept praying. She kept being faithful. She kept worshiping. And there is not a doubt in me that tells me that because she got through that, her faith was made stronger. And I desire for your faith to be made stronger this morning, church. Because God wants to take you to new places. But new places, new levels, you know, you know that, that phrase, new level, new devil. New levels require a different level of skill. A different level of wisdom. A different level of, of, of knowledge and experience. And if you've never gone through it the first time, you will never obtain those things. And God wants you to at- obtain those things because he's got something for you. He's got a better for you. So get through it. Get through it. I'm going to have you stand this morning. And I'm going to ask that we just bow our heads this morning, close our eyes, and let's just just reflect real quick on this message. Heavenly Father, some of us are going through things right now, Lord. Our faith is being put to the test, Father God. And some of us, some of us are just are, are, are new to this. Some of us have never been able to make it to the other side before, and, and we're going with the little bit of faith that we have. But sometimes it's not enough. So, my God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit just just strengthen this morning, strengthen somebody this morning to keep on going. Let us fix our eyes, Father God, on you. Even when we can't see you, even when the road in front of us is so cloudy and so foggy and we can't, we can't see two feet in front of us, my God, I pray, Father God, that we may just, we keep going. Even if it's slowly, even if the progress is little, by little, Father, in Jesus' name, my God, I pray that you strengthen somebody this morning to keep on going, to keep on going, to make it on the other side, my God. And I pray, Father God, that, that this morning someone may be at an impasse, 
Someone might be looking at their situation and they're literally saying, I can't go anymore. There's a mountain in front of me. It's when we can't do anymore, God, that you step in. It's when we can no longer control the environment that you take over and you part seas, my God, when there's a sea in front of us. You move mountains when there is a mountain in front of us, my God. You make ways, my God. That is what you do. I pray, my God, that we may get to the mountain. We may get to the Red Sea so that we can watch you split it. Give us strength to keep going this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Why don't you just begin praying right now? over your situation and tell God I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it with your help. With your help. With the peace that you give me Holy Spirit. With the strength that you give me Holy Spirit. With the joy that you provided me. With the the provision that I have my God. In Jesus name I'm going to get through it. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to go all the way my God because I want to be refined. I want my faith to be made stronger. In Jesus name. Yes Lord. Yes Lord. Yes Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.